Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Oh my god, you're looking like a tan bronze beauty. Like a Greek goddess. Have you been tanning? No, so we played um, tennis today, which I actually made a video for our like weekly video. Love episodes. that. Um, but... I got this really ugly tank top tan, so I have a t-shirt on right now. Mm. But my face looks great, especially in a ring light. Yeah, it's like really good, like a lobster. It's perfect. Yeah. Actually, I was going to tell you, that lighting is really great on your skin. Really? Yeah, it looks great. The sun is like peering in through the, through the windows. Anyways, I'm Brian. <laughs> I'm Shane. And you are listening to Fruit know uh me and shane as you can hear are not in the same studio yet again he's still on a little um quarantine vacation on the south coast i guess you could say <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> as we were trying to debate what that was last week yeah what do you yeah i'm still what here are you drinking rosé looks like apple juice oh it does kind of look like yeah. apple juice in this light tasty you're yeah. living your best life over there huh i am like we have a pizza out in the living room we're watching love victor work Love Victor. Yeah. Oh, I started watching that too. It's funny because he's like totally my type, circa high school. Oh, a hundred percent. He's kind of t- circa my type right now. Apparently. Well, I was gonna say that, but he's obviously very young, so that's why I said. Do you think he's actually still like high school age? I do. When I was looking at his face in that second episode, there's like no sign of facial. Hair oh, for sure. At all. For sure. So, what do you have for us? Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, I. I mean. As I hope everybody knows now, um, Confederate statues and idols, if you will, have been being torn down um, all across the country. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to get your opinion because I think you and I obviously agree. Um, but I just wanted to know your take on people making that decision for themselves instead of waiting on government to make the decision. Being a black individual in America, I love racism. So I think we should actually have more statues up and more Confederate flags. (laughs) I was thinking about getting a Confederate flag actually tattooed along my back. The only thing that's stopping me... Lower back, yeah. The only thing that's stopping me is I don't know if red and blue are going to show up that prominently on my skin tone. Mm. Because if it was like on a whiter skin tone, say a white racist, I see why they always have the confederate flag you know but because well, the good news is we agree <laughs> you want it on your lower back too <laughs> yeah i want more statues yeah. i want a confederate flag tattoo uh-huh. and i was thinking of getting like yeah. a bob wire around my bicep just to like Fierce. really offset it to like something so that's like 90s gay 90s gay but also like timeless you know <laughs> yeah um i'm gonna get the um i'm gonna get the forest around my wrist that's the new fucking bob wire fence around your bicep. Yeah, for sure. I know. I know. But then again, I have a feather on me, so like can I really talk? <laughs> <laughs> um, but as far as the Confederate flag, girl, take them all down. Take the fucking statues down. I know that NASCAR um banned it from their events, which is like major to me because that to me is like it white is. America. So I'm surprised that they were so quick to like respond. Um, Because that's one that I feel like would have to be pushed or forced to do that. But for them to be so willy nilly and like, yeah, I support that message. I'm like, you better go off. Well, okay. So I was watching The View today, shocker. Mm -hmm. And Whoopi made a good point um, because yesterday Megan McCain went off on all these like tangents and she's like, well, 
she's like, I mean, how far do we take this? Like, are we taking down Mount Rushmore as well? Like, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, I understand her point. But I think what Whoopi was saying was like, had a had a lot of validity behind it in that she was like, well, why don't we add to Mount Rushmore? Like, why don't we just add more representation around the country where now I feel like more people feel like they have an input or like their voices are heard. So it's like, we don't love the abundancy of this around the country. Like there just needs to be more representation of like where this country actually started. And I was like, okay, like, because although I disagree with Megan, or at least where I think she was trying to take the conversation, I do understand her question of how far does it go? Like, where does that line get drawn where, um, something like Mount Rushmore, like, do we erase it? Mm-hmm. I And, you know, because right now it's like a statue you can yank down, and I understand that, but, um, you know, the extent of that... of that. Um, well, I feel like rem- what people are taking down is the symbolism of the oppression of American history, right? Like, I don't think totally. anyone's snatching anything down that, like, really caused pain or suffering towards a group of people. Um, and on top of that, I think it's a great idea to add more faces to... Um, you know, visual representation of why America is great, you know, because it wasn't just yeah. white faces who created this country. Because realistically, like slaves built this one on their back. But beside that, so many great um, forward thinkers are people of color or people who aren't from the white necessarial um, background. And that's not to yeah. say that like we hate white people. So taking that down isn't to be like, we got to unwhite the country, but it just is like, we have to acknowledge where we are. And I think it's fine to tell those stories. Right. Well, and I think, I think that's where Megan was kind of thinking was, um, are we basically taking away anything that's white representative? Does that make sense? No, I, I, I completely get yeah. where her fear is. Cause I feel like in this entire conversation with Black Lives Matter and stuff, people are feeling like if we give a voice to someone else, we're losing our own or there's like this like exchange of power, but it's not like a pie where we only have a hundred beads to give out. Right. And if I give you a hundred beads, slices, well, yeah, slices, but I'm just thinking, yeah, I should have said slices. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know. (laughs) But like, if I were to give you half the pie, then that only remains left of the other half, but that's not the truth. Like you could, we can all have a whole pie. You can have a whole pie. I can have a whole pie. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's what's weird. It's like, just because there's one statue of someone who might not be white, does that mean that another white statue can't go up? Not necessarily. Right. It's just like, why not give voices to who created it, you know? And I, totally. I feel like the statues that are coming down again are like, um, what's his name? Robert Lee. I don't know. Maybe I'll put that in the fruit. I feel like there's a lot of Robert I agree. Lee's in this I'm not going to put in the fruit backs, but <laughs> I, I don't want to put in the fruit backs cause I'm so over it. But, um, <laughs> Robert Lee something, I know there's like, um, high schools in Louisiana that were named after him too. And a lot of the, that's not Ulysses. No, that's no. Great. So, um, I just watched a video on now this where they were like highlighting oh, yeah. this like press conference for this school district in Louisiana where the, 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 um, Robert E. Lee. Yeah, Rob, okay. Yeah. Robert Lee works. See, I know shit. Um, <laughs> he was, um, I guess like a big slavery owner kind of person. And the, the school is named after him and the school has like 85% black people in it. And it's like, if you're going to mm. do that one, obviously it's problematic for that to like, at one point, he could have right. owned a lot of their ancestors. But secondary, secondly, yeah. like, why celebrate him? 
Like that's what makes no sense. Right. And that's what's crazy to me is when people say like Confederate flag does not represent slavery. It represents like the American tradition and stuff. I'm like, you're literally saying slavery and racism is American tradition. Like, do you not see how that goes hand in hand? And if someone is saying you protesting sla- uh, racism or whatever is so un-American, that is telling me that racism is American then. <laughs> and it's clear that it mm-hmm. is, you know, that's like embedded totally. in the fabric of America. But yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Take them down. Uh, you know, um, the Museum of Natural Science and History in New York um, has written a letter saying that they want the removal of a statue out front. <clears throat> and it's again, we don't have to put it in fruit facts, but it's a it's a, a person of Caucasian descent within history sitting on a horse with a Native American on one side and a slave on the other. And right. Um, and for people, for Shane to say right is me just giving him a face like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Well, so here's the thing. Like, essentially, they were saying on The View, um, it's okay to have the man on the horse. Like, I think there's something about him that is of importance. But, like, why have him sitting above the other two representations? And it sucks because there's no like easy way to separate a statue. So it's not like they can just like take out two components, but the museum is like calling for its removal. Um, and it's sat outside the history since, or sorry, it's sat outside the museum since, um, the beginning of its history. Who gives a shit? Um, no, but that's what I'm saying. No. Like for the, no, for the museum itself to be like, get rid of yeah. the, of this like historic piece is like huge because it's a museum. And that's what's weird to me is when people are like, we can't erase that. It's been there for so many years, but it's like also raping children and like shit was like, okay, at one point, like the Roman times, but we've come a far way from that. So it's like change is possible. So shut the fuck up, Karen. And what I hate about that argument is nobody's erasing history. History is what it is. Like it's always going to stand. You're just erasing the parts that glorify and are dedicated to that part of history or being essentially on the wrong side of history. It's like Germany having um, statues of Hitler and being like, no, it's not about anti-Jews. It's just about German pride and how far we've come as a country and just acknowledging that past. It's like, no, bitch. Yeah. Yeah. So long story short, I can't wait to have an appointment for my Confederate flag back tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go and hold your hand. Perfect. So um, this episode is actually just going to be me. This is going to be like a story time. I've been wanting to tell you guys about my psychic reading for weeks now. And because Shane is um, on the East Coast, I felt like it was a good opportunity for me to just spend time with you guys and explain my psychic reading. So throughout this episode, what I'm going to do is play clips from my psychic reading as well as just making commentary through it to give you a little backstory. Um... With psychic abilities and stuff like that. I've always been questionable about psychic readings and stuff, but I'm open to all and any gifts from the universe. And for psychics, it's kind of like religion to me where if it speaks to you in that moment, cool. But I'm not like a person who believes necessarily in psychics, but I will say that after hearing the psychic reading and what you guys will experience in a couple minutes, I'm like a believer as far as 
at least this person giving me the right message at the right time. And again, whether this is actually true or this this is just something that I'm trying to make sense. I feel like it's kind of like therapy where your therapist doesn't really know what's going on, but they could recommend things that could potentially be triggering for you. And then through that, you kind of have epiphanies internally and it kind of changes your life in a good or bad way. But I feel like going forward with this psychic reading, a lot of the things that she was mentioning to me, I was like, okay, no, that is absolutely for me. So just again, to give you a little backstory, the way I got in touch with this psychic was um, my old roommate, she um, and I have a mutual friend and this friend, her sister always thought she had psychic abilities and she kind of does like energy readings and stuff. But just like personally, she was always embarrassed by it. She never wanted to say she was a psychic because she felt like people would look at her weird. And I'm telling you, it's true because her 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 job is like has nothing to do with anything um, everything is fact for her job, pretty much. She's a, She works in science, so she's not the kind of person that you would think would believe into things that are unexplained, you know, because, like, with scientists, whatever they can test is what their reality is. So it was kind of contradictory, which kind of sold me on the idea that she might have some abilities because, you know, my bitch ass, I'm super skeptical on all of that. And so my old roommate was like, oh, my God, such and such sister did a reading for me and was actually really crazy. She's like trying to kind of tap into her psychic abilities. And I was like, oh, my God, I have to let her do me because not like that, y'all not do me, do me, but read me because I was like, why not? I'm open to it. And because I was open to it, she was open to reading me. Mind you, before this, I obviously knew my friend had a sister, but I've never met her sister before. And we've never had a conversation So my friend tells me, if you want my sister to do a reading, you have to kind of be a little more um, detailed on what information you're trying to pull because a lot of it comes in, right? So the three questions I wanted to find out were, what is my um, love life look like? What is my um, family dynamic? And then what is my career success, right? Like, what am I going to do in the future? And the three questions I wanted to ask is because obviously I feel like all my life, Um, if you look at it like with financial status or career or uh, relationships or whatever, I felt like those were the things that I was missing in my life. So I kind of wanted answers from that. Whether I got real answers or not, I was still open to receiving anything because I feel like through therapy, those are the kind of things that I'm working on. And I mentioned therapy a lot because a lot of things she actually talks about in my psychic reading kind of touch back to what my therapist said throughout my journey going through going to therapy last year. So I'm going to tie a lot of this information back and forth from the psychic reading. So what you'll hear is me playing the clip for you guys of the psychic reading. And then I'm going to, like I said, give commentary. But with that said, when I sent these three questions to my friend's sister, what she does is she sits there and meditates. Okay. And then from that, she lets whoever spirit guides she's trying to find contact her and then those spirit guides which in this case are my spirit guides take her on a journey and kind of explain all the answers through visual imagery she just kind of sits with that and that's what she conveys so what you're about to hear is a voice memo she sent to my friend to send to me and again because she's kind of embarrassed and like new to this she doesn't want to do it in person just yet so that's why she sent me a voice memo and she's not like this is the end all be all she understands that this is still a work in progress for her so even when she delivered this message she was like it might not resonate with you because I don't feel that confident in my abilities yet but I'm telling you now she should be extremely confident because y'all will hear this and be like what the fuck so let's get into it and this was feedback from a reading i did for brian um and this is just the start of the recording 
So it's just going to be me talking to myself, and hopefully it all makes sense to you. I received a lot of information. Um, I saw the little message that you are wide open to receiving information, and I'm pretty sure your guides took it very seriously. Okay, first off, rude, wide open. Like, she's already calling me loose, so, like, let's start there. <laughs> but let's continue. I did an almost 40-minute reading. Um, it takes me a while to get into things, and... Um, I ask for a lot of images and messages to be repeated so I can kind of get an understanding of what it is they're trying to say. So I started the reading off. I always start off the reading by asking my guides if I need to hear my own information. But during my own reading, a message, um, the number 46 came through was the very first thing that I heard. So you guys, right away when she said this, I was like, kind of checked out being like ugh really we're starting with numbers it's like to me in astrology i'm like girl bye you know i mean i'm not trying to be rude because clearly i said i was open to it so i was but again just like you with a skeptical mind i am like super skeptical as well so at this time i was like whatever um for brian separately the six came through stronger but it was both a four and a six and i i feel pretty strongly that it was a 46 um and then after that, I transitioned into the reading, and uh, I started the reading with by asking for spirit guides, angels, and loved ones to come forward if they have any messages for Brian, um, and immediately, usually when I ask for guides or spirits or angels or loved ones to come through, usually like one or two will come through, and it will be... Um, typically they'll come through on their own, like individuals will come through one at a time, or there'll be a group of them if I'm asking for a group to come forward, but there were at least, it was almost like they showed me an outline or an image, a silhouette of Brian, what I was seeing in my mind, and then there was like this crowd, like bleachers of spirit guides angels and loved ones okay you guys so let's pause there for just real quick okay right when i heard that instantly i was like oh shit this is absolutely for me okay and i say that because if you guys listened to our podcast last year we had a death episode where we just talk about um our idea of death and me and shane shared a lot of insight about like ways we thought we were going to die and when he asked me has have i ever envisioned my own death i remember saying in that episode not i remember but i did say in that episode and I've always said this previously before this podcast, is that when I envisioned my death, for whatever reason, I would always, um, if I closed my eyes, I would always see myself in third person detached from my body and standing behind myself. And I'm at a podium and all I could see is the back of my body as like a silhouette, like as if um, light is casting in front of me. And in front of this person, which is the visual representation of me, literally, and I always say this, and you can guys go back to listen to that episode, is I say, um, I see a, ble uh, not a bleacher, but um, a stadium full of people, right? And I don't know who's sitting out there, but all I see is flashbulbs as if I'm like an important person. And I remember always seeing this imagery and thinking, what I say to these people is, thank you guys so much for listening to me and thank you guys so much for this time. And then it fades to black and that kind of is the ending of my death. And I feel like the death represents me like 
standing up for something or saying something that I wasn't supposed to, but I was like helping the world in a better way. And so when she said this imagery, I was like, okay, that's kind of weird. And that was the first thing where I was like, okay, I'm listening. And instantly when she said that, my stomach dropped and I started sweating. (laughs) What I was seeing in my mind. And then there was like this crowd, like bleachers of spirit guides, angels and loved ones sitting there saying, oh, we all have messages for Brian, but for some reason, he just does not want to listen to his internal guidance. He likes to go to the external guidance. And they said this very sarcastically. And one of the next resounding messages that came through was, this was, there's actually a lot of messages that came through outside of the three questions that were asked. Um, but so I'm just going to touch on those first because those came through first. Okay, so let's pause there again. Um, just from what they said about them always having messages for me. Okay, just going back a little bit into therapy. What my therapist told me was that along the way of trying to survive, I lost touch of my gut, right? As you guys know, I like love to keep myself busy. And I think part of that learning through therapy is that my idea of success is always working towards a goal. And through that, sometimes I throw myself into things that mentally sound great, but emotionally are not what I need. For instance, signing up for a second master's degree, right? And what she said through therapy is that I lost touch with my gut, okay? And um, what I do, going back to like the, the experience that I had with my family, the idea that I am now fighting for myself in this world, I cannot let anything slip up. And through that, I put myself in situations to make sure that financially and uh, career-wise, I'm stable, but then I'm doing things out of like staying busy to work so that I like get tired and ran down and I'm not listening to my gut as far as like, Brian, you need to like slow down or you need to take a day off because then I just rationalize it by saying, no, if I take a day off or slow down, then I'm losing life, right? Or like I'm losing that that idea that I keep growing. So I only bring that up because I think she's going to touch base about it later on. Um, that will make more sense. But yes, that kind of ties into what my therapist said as me losing interest in my gut, which is also not listening to my internal spirit guides. So the they're basically saying that they they have a lot of messages for him that he has been neglecting listening to his intuition his internal guidance that he is um avoiding listening to his gut or avoiding listening to his intuition and then that is what i was talking about right that i in therapy told me my therapist told me i lost contact with my gut instincts because i just turned that off to survive he would rather build up these walls around himself and protect himself from all information um, rather than listening to all of the guidance that is being offered to him through his own intuition and his dreams, his thoughts, his gut, his feeling, because there are plenty of people and angels and energies and spirits on the other side that want to come through and help him through this this like lifetime and he's not letting them in and the next image that they showed was 
him almost like building up like these plaster or marble walls around himself where literally to get to who Brian is, you need a chisel and hammer. Like he has put up so many layers and it's not like easy layers that you can just kind of tear off. They're literally these hard plastered layers that... Okay, so let's pause there as well. Um, This hit me really hard too because even all my best friends will say that when I meet someone, a lot of the times people who know me think they know me better than they actually do. And a lot of the times um, people always feel closer to me than I do to them. And for whatever reason, I always have a good way, not a good way, but I'm very um, apt into cutting people off in my life that I feel like aren't serving a purpose anymore. And not necessarily in a, in a selfish way, but more in a toxic way. Um, and I've always gotten that feedback that people always think that they're way closer to me than I am to them. And I think there is this like internal dialogue that I have with myself that's unconscious where I protect myself by always having this barrier up between people just in case they decide to leave. And again, I think that goes into the relationship I have with my parents where your parental relationship should be your most foundational strongest relationship and because I lost that I think that every relationship after that definitely made me feel like I could be left behind and I think that through that there's always been this like like the the psychic mentions this like barrier or this wall that I put up and no matter how many times people do break it down I'll always let them in but there's always this um, side of me that I'm always like okay well how far is this gonna go or how long is it gonna last because I know there's gonna be an ending point somewhere along the line. And there's layers on layers on layers that people keep trying to chip away at. And by the time someone gets through one layer, he's already building up another. And they said that he needs to stop building up all of these layers to hide or prevent people from seeing who he truly is. Um, They also said that he tends to rely a lot on sarcasm as his communication style oh bitch okay so she's really trying to come for me right (laughs) if you know me in any sense of the way you don't even have to know me that well but i'm super sarcastic and i joke all the time okay yes that's a very general term that you could apply to many people so i'm not saying it's that that in depth of a uh, characteristic that she's that she shows but if you know me that is a hundred percent what I do so that was another thing where I was like oh bitch she really knows some shit <laughs> he's very open about thoughts that he has but in terms of letting people truly truly dig deep down into who the core like that's what I'm like I couldn't even in the meditation get to the like the core of Brian when they were showing me the imagery of the chisel and hammer and like the plaster and marble um, layers around Brian. Like no matter how much I chipped away, he was just building it up faster and faster and he needs to slow down. He, he himself needs to take the chisel and hammer and start tearing down some of these layers and um, walls that he's built up around himself because it's stopping people from, from getting in um and it's stopping even himself from understanding who he truly is he's like avoiding his own reality 
And when she says that, what what thoughts bring to mind about that, again, going back to therapy, is that my therapist questioned if I am able to allow people to help me. And I think that that is the problem with why people probably can't get to an internal deep self to me to my deep self is because I feel like I have to have all the answers and I have to be self-sufficient again, going back to all the relationships that I've had that I think that's why there's always that barrier again. So her saying that kind of touches base on that as well. I don't know if that makes sense, but even if he's trying to like break down his own walls, he's simultaneously building up other walls. And so it's just a matter of being aware of allowing others to truly see who Brian is at his core. So the next thing that came up was um, seeing kind of a lot of need for 2020 to be a year of self-reflection and individuality and almost like not alone time, but a lot of personal growth. I saw 2020 as a year that Brian is going to really dig deep into himself and just go to the core of who he is. Okay, so let's pause there, right? As I'm sitting here recording this episode, I literally am staring at a sign that says, keep finding ways to expand. This sounds so cheesy, like the basic bitch in me, but I wanted, um, and I think honestly, this is why I'm so into plants because I like that idea of growth. Um, And it's just kind of ironic because two things, keep finding ways to expand has just kind of been my mantra for 2020 um, because I really, really, really wanted to like dive into the things that make my mind tick and finding that happiness internally, right? Like I always know I'm going to be okay, but then you think of things like, oh, well, I have to have a job in this way or I can't change that, I can't change this. But then think about, I started wanting to question those things and be like, well, really is the life I'm living what I want to do? And maybe it it might not turn out the way I want it to, but as long as I'm happy, great, right? So I wanted to expand in every way, every sense of that word, expand in love and expand in growth and knowledge and everything, right? And so when she mentioned that like 2020 was the year of internal um, growth, it kind of struck a really big chord with me because I already kind of was on that journey going into 2020. Again, I ended therapy in November of last year, and that was kind of the the mantra or the ending of what I thought therapy brought out of it. And I felt really rejuvenated and I was actually looking forward to 2020. And then through that, the pandemic hit, right? And now we're stuck inside And now actually reflecting back on this reading, I think this is kind of what she was mentioning because through this journey, I've really, um, as we all know, have had, we've had to find time um, to like pass the time realistically because we're here in self-quarantine pretty much the first half of the year so far. And then now kind of getting back into the swing of things and through that entire journey of being self-quarantined and like being at home, I've set time aside to meditate for like 10 to 20 minutes every day just to literally sit and let my mind wander. And that has been like one of the best gifts that 2020 has had for me in my personal life. And through that, I've gotten furloughed from a lot of my jobs. So it's like forcefully making me see a world without the jobs that I have, which gives me an opportunity to find ways to grow. 
which is why I'm like exploring things like life coaching and stuff like that. So I really think that what she's saying was predicting this journey that I'm going through right now. Because when I was hearing this, this originally, this, this reading, I was like, I don't see any growth really from what I'm currently doing. But I was like, but I feel like I should be doing what I'm still doing. But then now being forced to like stay home and forced to be furloughed, it really forces me to explore other options because I have to, which is the gift that's kind of given from the universe. So I think that's really big to say, listening back to this message. A lot of self-reflection and guidance and at that time the bleacher imagery of um, his spirit guides, angels, and loved ones came back basically saying that he should be really working on quieting his his um, not his lifestyle but taking time to be quiet for just like 10 minutes every day to just sit or lay and just be um, and listen to the thoughts that come into his head and just let them come. Just let, like, just sit there and be in a room by himself. Um, the thing that they did say was that he would really benefit from listening to, to what I heard was Tibetan bowl sounds so I think they're the like the bowls like a okay so what she is referring to are uh Tibetan singing bowls where you tap it and kind of like go around the rim and it like brings out a certain tone and it's crazy because when I heard this um right before this reading I was with my old roommate Danielle and we were um shopping for crystals and stuff I mean she was but through that, she bought a Tibetan singing bowl and she was like being like, oh my God, look how cool this is. And I was like, that is so stupid. Because again, me being the skeptical mind at this time in my life, I was like, I don't need no hippy dippy bullshit. These are rocks. This is a bowl. This ain't going to do anything for your life. But then she tapped it and played it in the car as we were driving home. And I was like, wait, oh my God, that's hitting some, some chord inside of me that makes me feel so calm. And it was weird because you know, like when you um, get like your back scratched or um, someone plays with your hair and it's just that really relaxing feeling of just like, ugh, and it's almost like a wave of energy that goes through your body that just makes you feel so at peace, um, like liquid or water. That's exactly what this sound was doing to my mind. And it was instant. It was crazy. And I was like, oh my God, this bowl is so weird. So then to hear this reading and she mentioned that was like, okay, this is weird. And another moment where I was like, maybe this is a message that I'm actually supposed to hear right now. Some sort of um, sound in the background to listen to that kind of audio and if he has the chance or the ability to go to tibet okay so just pausing here i'm actually going to move a little bit forward through this reading because she talks about going to tibet and kind of explains the journey that i will get from that um but just for time's sake i'm going to skip through it realistically <laughs> i was like tibet sounds great because I went to Thailand for my 30th birthday and I wanted this like spiritual uplifting moment and kind of like an eat, pray, love moment. But I feel like I got some of it with what we did, but not like entirely. And I was like, yeah, that's for sure something I want to do. And I've been really big into like self-actualization and like trying to meditate and stuff like this for my next decade of life, just to kind of really understand the way I think and the things that I need excuse me, in my life. And so when she was saying that, I was like, this is totally up my alley. And so I started looking into flights to Tibet because I was like, this is perfect because I'm a flight attendant. And I've always said I wanted to take a trip alone. I was like, maybe Tibet is the trip that I need to go. Uh, I don't think Tibet is where I need to go. 
Because <laughs> looking into Tibet, I didn't realize it was in China. Me and China do, do not mix. I have nothing against Chinese people, but I like the calmingness that I feel like I would need in my life does not happen going through China. Granted, this is all just me right now and where I am in my, I'm meeting myself where I'm at right now in this moment. Maybe in a couple months or so, I can feel the need to go to China. But even still with that said, like when I researched, can you go to Tibet? Do you need a visa? Whatever. The internet said, you can't go alone and you need to have like a group to go with you, like a, like a um, travel group. So maybe I'll go to Tibet. Who the fuck knows? But just kind of rounding that Tibet conversation out so that now you're caught up again. And so that was kind of everything that was even before all the, the, before the three questions um, that were asked. And so because the, the theme of the message leading into it was that 2020 was going to be um, kind of a solitary year for you I wanted to ask about your relationships you had two questions that focused on relationships relationships with um, romantic love and relationship with your family and the the first image that came through the first after I kind of transitioned to focusing on the questions that you asked the image that I saw was you with a guy and it was almost like y'all were wearing like matching striped pajamas and posing for a Christmas card with a little dog. Okay. So with this imagery instantly, I was like, you lost me again. Right? Because if you guys know me, I fucking hate Christmas. I fucking gave a fucking dog away. So realistically, I'm like, no. And then with the matching pajamas, I was like, that is not me. Like, what the fuck? But then listen to this next part. That was also wearing something matching. And to me, that imagery represented that you will eventually find like that person, that, um, that commitment, that connection that you would, you will have your own family. Um, in him in your unit I saw it as like a little Christmas card I don't know if you guys if you are the personality to wear matching pajamas that is not necessarily the message the message is what I saw is something that I I see represented as family um and so okay so with the Christmas card right as she mentions that that is imagery that she sees what I interpreted with that, and again, this could just be me interpreting what I need to know as far as, yeah, this is like, this is totally me and trying to make sense of it for my own life, just like you would for Zodiac signs, right? Like reading in the newspaper, you can take anything and kind of make it work for you. But here's where I was like, no, I think this is for me, okay? A few things. Because she said that that is more of an imagery that she sees as representation of what family is or what her love is. I think my spirit guides are trying to give her the means of communication in order to uh, to explain that emotion back to me, right? That's one thing. And I was like, well, still, that's not really enough. But then here's the kicker, okay, you guys? I've always hated the holidays. I've always struggled with the holidays, and this is why. For me, when I came out to my parents as gay, it actually happened to be on Christmas Day. The day, literally on Christmas, after we opened presents that same night, me and my mom were catching up. And as you guys know from the stories I've told you of my parents, um, shit hit the fan. And from that point on, like, 
my whole world changed. And I think Christmas has always been a reminder that I no longer had my family. And every Christmas, you know, I would always have friends or friends of families be like, oh my God, spend Christmas with us, spend it with us. But then it's always like the reminder that I'm missing something. And even though like it's a nice gesture to like spend Christmas with other families, there's always that weirdness of like, should we buy Brian a present? Do I need to show up with a present? So I just would rather work. And I think that what my spirit guides are telling me is that this idea of a Christmas card, it's not necessarily I will actually have a Christmas card. Maybe I will. But this idea that this Christmas card is what families do during the holidays and this representation of family during Christmas is what I'm missing. And when I find this person that I'm going to date, this is who this person represents is this idea of family again for me. Okay. So then now we're going to get into my family dynamic, which is even more specific. When I saw that imagery, it immediately switched over to your mom. And it was clear as day that we were switching from, at this time, talking about romantic relationship to talking about familial relationships um, with your mom. And what I saw was basically, if you could imagine your mom on one side of the room and you on the other and no matter how hard you you try or how hard she tries it's almost like you guys can't get you guys can't get close to each other so when she mentions my mom that is like the truest statement ever everyone in my family we've kind of make amends except for me and my mom um my brother has talked to my mom about me being gay and stuff like that. And he relays the message back to me that she really hasn't changed her mind on any of it. And I'm open to having a conversation or um, some sort of dialogue with my mom to understand where she's coming from, even though a lot of the the dialogue we've had about my sexuality has been met with anger from her. I'm still open to hearing that because I feel like what she says now in my life will not affect me in a way that it would used to. And so I'm open to that. But listening to this message, you'll the imagery that she explains about our relationship is almost like perfectly explained and perfectly um, visualized. So just listen. Um, like when you you have magnets and you're like trying to force them together, no matter how hard you push, they don't actually come together unless they they you flip one of them around um, so that the poles are reversed like the opposites attract kind of mentality that your you and your mom right now are repelling one another that no matter how hard you push that unless one of you flips you're not going to be able to reconnect and the the imagery that i saw was that it's your mom who needs to flip that you are where you are and you have um some messages for how you might be able to help her flip but unless she flips and allows herself to be reconnected with you that you two will always have um a repelling relationship Okay, so with that, 
like I just mentioned, I'm open to having the conversation, but I also feel like it's not my job to bring the conversation up considering it's no longer my problem. My sexuality is not my problem. My family dynamic is not my problem, but I feel like the anger she brings to the conversation becomes the problem. And I don't mind talking about anything because as you guys know, I'm extremely open, even with my own family, like no matter how uncomfortable it makes me feel or makes them feel, I love putting myself in situations like that because just like I said, I like to expand and grow. Um, but with that said, every time I've tried to have a conversation with my mom about my sexuality, she meets it with anger and there's no conversation as much as just trying to shut my side down and tell me how much I'm wrong. And she doesn't believe what I'm saying as any valid form of emotion, any valid way of feeling other than what she believes as truth is the only truth she sees in, in essence. That no matter how hard you try that unless she flips um, and change it, like literally 180 changes herself to show you a completely different side that you guys won't have that connected relationship anymore. Um, but when I saw you and your mom, the number 46, like that's what I said at the beginning of the reading, the number 46 came back. But this time the number 69 also came back. Um, so I don't know what the age difference is between you and your mom um, or if that like would represent ages if I think that's like 23 years apart. Like I don't know if she was 23 when she had you and so maybe like when you're 46 and she's 69. Um, I don't know if 69 might have been her birth year and then 46 is a different number. But when I was seeing the reading for your mom, those numbers came through 46 and 69. Um, so that's just something to consider. I didn't really get a clear message what those numbers meant. So hopefully they mean something to you. Okay, so just talking about those numbers, when they said 46 and 69, 23, okay, so I was like, oh my god, wait, did I come out when I was 23 to my mom? No, I came out when I was 19, or 18, one or the other, and then 23, did she have me when she was 23? No, I think she had me at 27, she was born in like 1959, I don't know, those numbers might be crazy, but 69, 46, there's no correlation, but 23, this is where the kicker is, right? I feel like me saying this number 23 is kind of trying to make sense, like I was saying with astrology of trying to make something work, but this instantly came into my mind, okay? Over the course of the past year, I've really been exploring um, different avenues of interest as far as things that I really feel like my life should be calling, my life calling should be rather than what I should be doing as far as like an adult. I'm thinking of like ways to find happiness. And through that, I've been like helping at the gym I coach at. And I've kind of been in and out, but this past year and this past season, I've been there full time um, for free volunteering my time because that was the one thing that I felt like was really touching and connecting with me in a personal, wholesome, valuable way where it was bringing happiness. And through that, I met another guy who uh, was kind of like one of my co-coaches. And I'm not going to say any names, but with that said, um, through this entire experience, like I kind of like really, really, really started feeling a bond towards this 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 person. But the kicker is that he's straight, and I knew that going into this relationship, um, but I didn't think much of it. I was like, whatever, you know, I have plenty of straight guys that I get along with. We go, we, sometimes we flirt back and forth, but then there's been multiple instances where I was like, wait, I'm kind of catching myself thinking about this person without actually 
wanting to think about them, right? Where I'm like, oh my God, this would be fun if such and such was here. Or, oh my God, I should tell him about this story or send him this song or send him this 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 thing. And I was like, oh wait, girl, I'm in danger because that's when I know I'm starting to fall for someone. And then on top of that, we got in a couple fights before just over gym stuff. And through that, the way he conflict resoluted the problem was totally something that I would want in a person I wanted to be with, right? Where it was like, emotions aside we kind of talked through our problems and we got a mutual understanding without feeling like we need to apologize or anything like that and coming up to this day it's been like that still so through this i've like kind of like no he's too young he's too young i wouldn't date someone that young mind you this character this person turns 23 this year okay so later in the recording if we get to that point you'll hear that she says that the person i'm supposed to fall in love with is going to be later in 2020. If I don't know them already, something later is going to happen for me to connect with this person. And this person turns 23 later down the line. And you'll hear later in this um, family relationship segment that my mom's going to see the Christmas card with this person and that might make her flip. So instantly I was like, oh my God, is this person the person I'm supposed to meet? Like blah, 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 blah. But again, because he's straight, I was like, Brian, let's not write some fan fiction bullshit. Like, you need to date someone who's available for you and ready to love you for you, not fight your way into some someone's heart that potentially doesn't even want you, right? And it kind of puts me back into second-guessing all relationships and all that stuff. So I was like, okay, let me just take note of that, but then kind of put it to the side. Um, And the next thing that I saw was kind of the a relationship – with other family members, um, like with your dad or siblings, I saw the ocean and the ocean with the waves just f- flowing against the, the shore that basically your relationship with your other family members are is flowing if you like you're just kind of like you're in movement with one another. But because the ocean's so big, you guys might not always be close, but to find comfort in knowing that you guys all kind of are flowing in a relationship. It's just your mom energy is like literally like I can just keep picturing it. It's like these magnets that won't come together. Okay, so a few things with that. I took note that um, when she talked about my family dynamic, again, I've never met her. She really hasn't like we, we've never come in contact, right? Um, the only thing she knows about me is that uh, I'm friends with her sister. That really is it. And she knows like what I do as a job only because her sister tells her a few things and shows a picture so that when she does a psychic reading, she kind of knows what she's looking for in this meditation mindset, right? So to me, it was just kind of crazy that my brother and she said siblings. So my brother not knowing how many siblings I had, but my brother and my dad are completely removed from my mom and I's relationship visually, right? And I don't think she really had anything to go off of to say that. So I thought that was pretty powerful as well as all the imagery that she mentioned was almost like spot on. And when she mentioned that my brother, my dad and I were in an ocean, let me give you a little feedback or um, not feedback, but like a story that I told my therapist. And this is going to be a little bit of an off tangent story, but It's going to make so much sense once I'm done, and it's going to be a little bit long, but just bear with me, okay? Three things. Um, First, when she said that we're in the ocean and we're floating together yet separate and, like, we're on the same wave pattern but not together, there's two things that are with that. So the first thing is – 
we're physically apart, right? My dad's in Northern California living next, like by Sa- San Francisco, Sacramento. I'm in Long Beach and then my brother lives in Iowa. So there's that physical distance, but we always call each other, kind of keep up with each other, make sure that we're all okay. We don't talk every day, but we talk enough to know what's going on, okay? So that distance physically. Secondly, there's distance between us because when my mom and I were going through my stuff, me, my dad and my brother, as you guys know, didn't really stick up for me through this whole entire journey. Granted, they were on their own path, so I don't I don't blame them. But through that, it really hindered my relationship and how I saw it through them because I didn't feel supported. So it really be- became emotionally distant as well because I didn't feel close to them. I didn't feel valid in my family's experience. So with that said, this ocean kind of represents that for me as well. But then the third thing, and this is where it's like the kicker, okay? When I was in therapy, when I first showed up to therapy, my um, therapist was like, do you have anxiety? And I was like, no, I don't have anxiety. And she's like, but you have depression, right? And I was like, well, yeah. And she's like, I would agree with you. You do have depression. Just from the things that you've briefly told me, I know you have depression. And then she put me on Prozac, right? Or she recommended that I go on Prozac, which I've been taking. Then secondly, she's like, but anxiety and depression are always hand in hand. She's like, you can't have anxiety without depression. You can't um, have depression without anxiety. It goes together, right? Like depression is about worrying about the past. Anxiety is about worrying about the future. And through that, you're not in the present. So I was like, I don't think I have anxiety. And she's like, you do. Cause you're probably, she's like, do you ever feel sore? Like physically sore? And I was like, oh my God, all the time. And I just thought that was dancing at Disney. And so I mentioned that I was like, well, I'm pretty active. I dance at Disney. She's like, how often do you dance at Disney? And I was like, oh, just once a week. And she's like, once a week of working out, Brian is not going to keep you sore for weeks on end. And I was like, that's pretty valid. But again, I was like, what is this hippy dippy shit? Like now I need actual concrete things. But I was like, I'm open. So she's like, let's work on your anxiety. So how about you close your eyes and think of a place in your head that is peaceful to you. And as I'm closing my eyes, I'm like this stupid fucking bitch. Like I'm going to have to find a new therapist because I don't want to do any of this mental mind games. Like I need actual tangible ways to get through this. I don't want to just work on breathing exercises or whatever. I'm like, no, we need to uncover like bullshit, like reality. Okay. And so the response I gave her, I closed my eyes. I was like, I don't know the beach. And she's like, okay, well explain to me why you chose the beach. And I was like, I don't know. It's the first thing that came to mind. And she's like, Brian, if you're going to take this seriously, you need to take this seriously. How do you expect anything to change if you're not going to change? And I was like, okay, you got me. So she's like, so I'm going to ask you again. This time, take it serious and close your eyes. Now think about what you're going to say. And I was like, okay. So I sit there with my eyes closed, which felt like an eternity. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything until it actually feels authentic to myself. And I was like, you know what? I'm still going to say the beach. And she's like, explain that to me. And so I said the beach because... When I was in Germany, Germany didn't have any beaches, but when I was going through my sexuality um, and trying to come to terms with like who I was as a person at like a young adolescent age in high school and kind of having fear that I was going to come out and be like disowned or whatever, it always got overwhelming to me. So what I would do is go to my backyard and lay out on my trampoline. And where we lived in Germany was a village. I know it sounds crazy, but we literally lived in a village and there's like no street lights. So when you lay out in a big field on your trampoline, you can see every single star in the sky. And I remember always doing this when I felt stressed out because me looking into the sky and seeing all the stars and that expansiveness made me feel small. So it felt like whatever was going on in my mind was very minute to the grand scheme of the universe, as well as I'm sure looking out in the stars, I wondered how many other people might be doing the same thing. And through that kind of gave me that sense that I was not alone. So now when I cut to going to California and moving to California, in Southern California, you can never see stars, right? 
Um, it's always way too bright. You, you might see like a North star every once in a while, but there's just way too many lights. So when I would get, um, overwhelmed emotionally in my head in college, especially my first year, this is when all my parents, um, stuff and like my sexuality started coming to a forefront. I didn't have that, that release of looking out at the stars or anything like that. So what I would do is actually drive to seal beach. And what I would do is go sit out there on the beach and just stare out into the darkness. And what that made me feel like was that every all my problems were behind me and that openness of like that endless space of darkness and all that water that just continued on until the horizon ended or didn't end made me feel small again. And it gave me that same sense of peace. And for me, that became my new home. So, you know, like when people go home when like college is too, too much or like you just need a home cooked meal. To me, I didn't have that option to go home. So to me, the beach was that, that, that home. Um, mind you, it was like a beach at night, not beach during the day with all those people, but me alone on the water by myself at like midnight, that became home. So that water became home. And I was expressing this to my therapist. And then it's just crazy to me that the psychic was saying this to me and putting my brother and my dad in this ocean that represented home and that my mom was completely removed from it. And um, with that said, like all of these emotions in this this uh, way I'm explaining this literally was a conversation I had with my therapist and no one else. Granted, it's not like I'm saying that because I'm embarrassed, but obviously it doesn't come up when you talk. Like I don't mind talking about anything with my therapist clearly, but there's no way that this, this psychic could have picked up on this by things I've said. And I feel like these are very weird um, imagery um, thing choices to make if it wasn't coming from my spirit guides. Okay, so let's continue. You, you don't need to flip. She needs to flip. But as I was seeing like the pride thing come up, it went back to the imagery I was talking about earlier with the family unit imagery with like the Christmas card and the matching striped pajamas that you can help like you you shouldn't have to do this but by continuing to reach out in little ways to um always keep like that door open to a relationship whether it be sending Christmas cards or birthday texts or phone calls that even though you don't feel like, because you have a little bit of pride in it too, that you don't feel like you should be the one that has to reach out to do it. That if 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 you do want your mom to flip, you have to maintain some sort of connection. And she can watch your family grow from a distance. So um, she will see you in a relationship with this man. She will see... Um, your kind of commitment in your family grow. I don't know if I see kids necessarily. There's definitely not a kid in the Christmas card. I definitely see at least a dog. Okay, that's another thing. Bitch, you absolutely do not see kids, okay? I fucking hate kids. Hate kids. <laughs> um, But she'll see that family, like that, that connection and that closeness, and she'll be watching from a distance. So even though her, she might, never turn around if her pride doesn't allow her to turn around and come back to you um she's watching from a distance and if as long as you are continuing to be the bigger person and have the softer heart 
and saying that no matter, even though we have this relationship right now that is um, not close, it is repelling, it, we can't come close together, I'm giving you this um, gateway, this this opening, this chance to see my life even from a distance so that you still can be um, connected and that that might, without you taking that initiative, she definitely won't ever turn around. But if you do maintain those connections, um, it's possible that she will. Okay, so with that said, um, hearing that definitely did make my heart melt a little bit. Um, I think what I do is like suppress these emotions. And again, going back to my gut, I just don't feel these things because I feel like over so many years, it's kind of traumatic for me to kind of think about these things every day. But I will say that um, that whole imagery that she just mentioned that my mom's watching from a distance, I think that is very true because my mom hardly ever calls me to ask what's been going on in my life or what's new. But I will always have my brother um, call me when he does call me and we talk about things. Um, he'll always say stuff like, oh, mom asked about you or mom wants to know what's going on. Mom wants to do this. And then the same thing with my dad. My dad's like, oh, your mom asked about you. Oh, your mom da 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 So I think it goes back to what she's saying is watching from a distance where I think she understands the situation, but she also still wants to have that sort of relationship with me. I just don't know if she knows how to communicate with me, right? Like she just doesn't know how to speak my language. And I think there's still a lot of stuff that she needs to uncover, but luckily I do know that. And I'm open to that communication. Like I said earlier. Um, but yeah, again, like maybe it is my pride saying it's not my responsibility, but hearing this gave me a kinder heart where it was like, yeah, you know what? My spirit guides will know. And if the if the situation doesn't go right, then I know that it's not the right timing, but that doesn't mean it's never going to be the right timing. And I found peace in that. She's the one that has her like back turned. She needs to to turn her and face you and be willing to come back to you. Like it's almost like I see her flipping and coming to give you a hug and like being with you but unless she's willing to turn it's always just going to be this repelling relation this I say repelling because I keep talking about magnets because that's how I see it but it's always going to just be this like forced distance no matter how hard you try someone has to flip I see for 2020 it kind of being a more solitary year of self-reflection and growth but in terms of a romantic relationship I definitely see you with someone I didn't get um a number or a month or a year or any kind of time frame for when you could expect to meet this person um but I definitely see you with him and to me he actually looks like he would be a younger than you energy, like someone that... So with this younger aspect that she brings up was another reminder of what I was thinking about earlier with the 23-year-old. I was like, I would have never dated someone younger. When people ask, I always say I like to go my age or older or sit around my age if they're younger, but I want them to have my age because I feel like I've had a lot of life experience up to this point and I feel like that naturally brings on a certain mindset and I feel like that mindset usually connects with an older energy but for whatever reason I was connecting to a younger energy over the course of the past year and I found that very strange and that's why I kept second guessing everything but then hearing this made me double think that and be like oh well maybe this is the person mind you guys 
not to ruin the story or like a spoiler, but it didn't work out. It's not a big deal. That younger energy might still be out there, but the one that I assumed was for me, as of right now, they're saying it's not for me, and that is my reality, which I'm fine with. I'm not seeing the family unit with you with an older um, man. I'm seeing you with, like, a younger man. And that you guys will have a very committed relationship to the point where I'm seeing it again with, like, the Christmas cards, matching pajamas, that, like, it's truly, like, you guys are paired together. Um, I I just don't see when so I can't give you a time frame on that. I can just see the imagery of his energy. Um, I see him as kind of like a white guy with brown hair. So with that said, the guy that I have in mind is white and has brown hair. So that was another thing where I was like, hold the motherfucking phone. But we can hang that phone up. <laughs> you could meet him at the end of 2020. You could meet him. You could already know him. Like, I really don't know anything about this person um, other than they're younger than you. And you will find that commitment with him. All that to say, I do see you with someone. <laughs> I just don't know when or how or where or anything like that you'll meet. But just kind of find comfort in knowing that um, you you do have that in, that, in, your, um, in your timeline if you choose to want that. And then the last question that you had was about your career and... Okay, so before we get into the career aspect of this reading, um, like I mentioned before, she does need to know a little bit about me um, to kind of do a reading just so that she's familiar with my energy. So when she does do the reading and the meditation, she knows how to kind of find these clues for me to understand, right? Or like how to connect to my spirit guides. So she's going to mention Disney and flying. And that's how she knows because her sister told her. But again, other than that, she doesn't know much. This one was a little less informative. Um, this one pretty much all I saw, like I heard immediately, like, radio I saw um I do like those old fruits like the fruits like the fruit by the foot where it was like this long strip of paper with like the the fruit roll up on it okay so that's when I almost shit myself okay I was like what the fuck <laughs> what the fuck like she could have known we had a podcast I'm almost 100% sure that I don't think she knew I don't remember ever mentioning that like obviously my friend knows maybe she mentioned mentioned it to her so I'm not trying to sit here and convince you guys that again I'm just as skeptical so I get it but when I heard that I was like are you fucking kidding me as you guys are listening right now clearly there's something about that that resonates with me, we literally start every episode with a fruit roll-up, okay? <laughs> so I, when I heard that, I was like, are you joking? Are you fucking kidding me? And as I'm pausing this recording to, like, make commentary, it was the same shit. I had to keep pausing this damn recording to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> the fruit by the foot roll-up. So it's like the long one, like the three feet one. And I basically just saw that rotating in a circle, but it just kept getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Okay, guys, so you heard it here first, okay? If you're trying to make that real for me and make my fruit roll-up grow, clearly you have to subscribe, rate, follow, listen, review, share, all of the above. <laughs> I 
anything like that. I just saw the fruit roll-up imagery, hear, heard the word radio, and the fruit roll-up imagery, it just kept expanding. You will find kind of um, p- potentially like a career in radio in podcasting like that it will continue to grow like you'll just keep recording more and more and more and it will just keep expanding and growing the last bit of information was the talking part basically after the radio and the fruit fruit roll-up um I kind of said okay like that's the end of the three questions is there any additional information that you want to share for me about Brian. So like asking your, your guides, your spirits. Um, and oh my gosh, immediately I felt the most anxious feelings I've ever felt. My entire body got hot, uncomfortable. I felt like I had this huge chest. Okay. So at this point, I thought I was about to find out that I'm dying. Okay. (laughs) I thought she was about to tell me that death was coming my way, that I'm going to be burned at the stake, that the world is going to find out I'm a witch. (laughs) But none of that happened. So keep listening. Uh, Like weight pressing on my chest. My heart started racing. And I like, I almost started feeling like overwhelmed. Like I needed to end the reading because I couldn't handle like what um, I was feeling. So I don't know if you have, you get a lot of anxiety, um, but the way I'm interpreting it is you do get a lot of anxiety. Um, and they said that talking, this is how it tied back into what I was just talking about for career. Talking is how you should try to help yourself in moments of anxiety. Some people uh, process information by writing it down, by like journaling. Okay, so with that said, let's pause there. I think she's going to go into a little bit more detail with it. But it's kind of ironic that she said that because I always say that I'm very like my dad. And my dad growing up would always sit there and talk to himself. And we'd always catch him talking to himself in the car, in the shower, like just walking around the house. And as I get older, I realize that the same thing happens to me, that I'm literally having verbal conversations about things in my life with myself. And um, like I said, I never realized I had anxiety, but I think that's also because, and this is brought up by my therapist too, that I shut so much emotion off, again, going back to my gut, that I didn't realize I was having anxiety because those emotions I had, it was just kind of like, you can't deal with it, just keep going. And through that, just felt like a normal day. And I think my anxiety became my normality. And then my normality started like influencing the way I felt in my body and stuff, right? And so with all of that said, um, the only other time in my recent life that I remember having an overwhelming feeling of anxiety and being like, okay, no, I'm actually having an anxiety attack was the time that I actually spent um, at training for flight attending schools. And I wasn't nervous about becoming a flight attendant because I don't think the job is that difficult. But what freaked me out was at that time I was working Disney full time. I was going to school full time to get my master's degree. And I was trying to help at the gym part-time here and there, again, volunteering. So it wasn't that much of a stress, but I decided to take six weeks off of work to go to flight attendant training. And through that, I got there. And then the first day I got overwhelmed with anxiety because I was like, wait, why did I do this? Like, did I make the right decision? Because they were saying, you might not be based in LA. You might have to move around a lot, da, 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 da. And I was like, why am I throwing everything that I have in my life away for this job Um, that I don't know if I'm actually going to want to do? But then I felt like I was, it was too late for me. 
to pull out because I was like, I already took six weeks off of work. Um, how will I pay for rent? Because I can't go back to work because they already covered all my shifts, blah, 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 blah. So the, all these emotions started coming into my head and I was like, I'm going to fail. I never failed before. I never quit anything. So why am I doing this to myself? And then that night, after all of that happened, I was having this anxious anxiety attack. Usually I like to jump in the shower because just feeling that cold water just or hot water feels good and soothing for me. And in the shower, I remember talking to myself and being like, Brian, why did you do this? Brian, why are you doing this? Da, 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 da. And it was literally just questions with no answers. And you're going to see that she gets into it, that she says that my spirit guides ask me to just ask questions and they'll answer them. But in that moment, I'm not going to get an answer that they'll eventually help me find an answer. But it's crazy. That literally coincides with exactly what I was already doing was that I literally when I had anxious anxiety, I'd be like, why am I feeling this way? Are you really wanting to quit? Da, 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 da. And I wouldn't answer the questions. I literally would just throw it out there. And for whatever reason, the idea that I'm like uncovering what makes me insecure or uncovering what makes me uneasy without really solving it just kind of took the load off as if it was out there and I see the problem. Like whenever you're in your car or you're by yourself and you start having feelings that you don't know where they're coming from um, or thoughts that you're like, why is this thought in my head to literally speak out loud what you are feeling and then again, speak out loud, why am I feeling this way? And literally just process the information by speaking to yourself. And that's how your guides will help communicate information through you. Um, but to you is through you talking to yourself. But you will find your release by speaking. By speaking. You don't need to journal. You don't need to go sit in a quiet like room. Um, the, the Tibetan bowl thing is good for you to do just in terms of mindfulness um, and to just give yourself space to be alone. Um, but whenever you start feeling like thoughts or anxiety or questions that you aren't sure how to answer or why am I feeling this way to, to literally process out loud, that is how you're going to find your answer and you're going to find a lot of um, clarity in spoken words and they said that you would also benefit a lot from doing affirmations from basically saying finding truths about yourself and speaking them into existence okay so two things about um what she just mentioned there and this is just gonna wrap up here but um, the affirmation and speaking things into existence, even my therapist, um, looking back at how I've got to the point that I have in my life, she said that I'm really good at speaking um, success into my life, into existence, which kind of gave me that idea that like you being stable, you're going to be stable because I have the resources to make myself stable. And she's like, you should truly believe that because every problem that you've had thus far in your life, you've created a safety net for you. So you're going to be fine. And so... It's ironic that she says that my spirit guides say the same thing is that I speak my reality into existence and then I see it as gifts from the universe. But then also going back to just speaking um, instead of journaling, I always wanted to start a podcast because I wanted to do this as like a verbal diary 
Because like she said, like writing, journaling and stuff isn't going to be as effective for me. And it is true because when my therapist started realizing I was having like all these internal dialogues with myself and like struggles, she was like, have you ever practiced journaling? And I was like, yeah, let me, I mean, I, I have, but I'll try again. And I'd always sit there and be frustrated with journaling. And it, and what I chopped it up to be was like, maybe I'm just not good at it. So I don't do it. And eventually you'll get good at it. Kind of like running or working out or eating healthy. But as I was journaling, I remember always thinking, oh my God, my, my, my hand keeps cramping because the way my brain is trying to process and jot down all this information isn't happening. My, my hand isn't able to keep up with all the thoughts that I need to come out of my hand. My, excuse me, all the thoughts that are coming out of my head are at a more rapid pace than my hand can keep up. So it would keep cramping. So I'd get frustrated with that. And then I'd get frustrated visually because I was like, I do not like my handwriting. And if I were to read this back because I'm trying to write so fast, I probably won't know what the fuck I'm writing. And that will piss me off too. So <laughs> with all that said, I was getting frustrated for those things. So I was like, okay, it makes sense why she's saying journaling isn't a thing because I actually ended up not doing that. And then I, on my phone, I used to do voice memos of like, this is before the podcast where I would just literally sit there and speak out things that were bothering me and just like listening to that and now going back and reviewing my voice memos as well as the things that I had when I was journaling especially during my depression literally when I looked at my most depressive state um and this is before the reading and therapy and all that as I read through my journal they're literally just questions no answers it's like Brian why are you feeling depressed why are you waking up feeling sad every day why do you feel lonely like you yet you don't want to be around anyone why do you feel angry yet there's nothing to be angry about? Why are you ungrateful for the life you have yet you should be grateful? And I was like getting upset with myself for like having a house but then not wanting a house and like having a ton of friends and support but not wanting to use them as a source of relief. And I couldn't explain any of this stuff. So instead of writing down like those explanations, I literally just wrote down the questions and I would sit there and use those as prompts but I could never write the answer. So it's crazy that she's saying that like my spirit guides are there for me because I now being on the other end end of it I've gotten a lot of those answers but when I was in it I just felt so helpless and it was exactly the way I felt like I needed to talk to myself not through writing but through speech and also asking questions so it was just kind of like hand in hand to what she was saying that's about it so that's the end of this recording have a great day bye so you guys I'm just gonna wrap up here again obviously you can see that a lot of this stuff is like I get the other side of it where you're just trying to make sense and like take these these visual imagery um, depictions that she gives and try to make sense with your life. I get that, right? But I feel like it's the same thing as a, a psychic would be the same thing as like buying a Birkin bag. And I say that because for me in that moment, if it made me feel good, what's the problem, right? Like people buy into the idea of wealth and buying a Birkin bag to make them feel better, yet that really isn't bringing any value to your life. Just like a, you can argue with the psychic where those words that she's giving to me really doesn't affect my life, but because just like a Birkin bag might make you happy, not me, but someone, I think the psychic was a gift for me to understand where I currently was and where I came from as well as where I can go with my life. And not it didn't really answer any of the questions that I really thought it needed to answer because it wasn't like, oh, this is a person that you're going to fall in love with during this time, da, da, da. It was all kind of vague in a, round, a roundabout way. But I also feel like that's life because we live on a continuum where we're, there's a whole bunch of choices. And I feel like if I decide to wake up out of bed 
at 10 o'clock today and get my day started as opposed to noon the next day, you can have a whole completely different outcome to your day. And I know that's kind of off to a tangent, but that's why I feel like it's always kind of an open-ended thing because we do have options to choose. And at least for me, um, the three questions I asked were things that I wanted to know. And because she was so real and like, um, like the message she gave me about my family, because that was more of like a test for me to know if it was true, was like, oh, she really knows what's going on without knowing. You know what I mean? And again, like... I don't know if I fully believe it, but it was in that moment I needed to hear it. And to me, that is what was important. And it was a gift from the universe. And it was an aha moment to be like, you know what? I'm on the right path. I'm okay. I will say, though, (laughs) that every time I tell this story, everyone's always like, girl, you need to send me her information. But I'm sorry. She didn't even want to, like, really have me do this. That's why I don't ever say her name. I don't even say her sister's name. And I also don't even... um, use realistically any link back to who she is as a person she did kindly say i could put her voice on my podcast from this voice memo but i'm sorry that is as far as it goes if she decides later in the future to be open to helping other people or wanting um to like give this message to anyone else i will absolutely let you guys know because what i got from this i would love to share that gift with anyone else but again i respect her own life and she has a lot going on as far as her own job and stuff like that so this is more of just like I don't want to say a hobby, but a secondary thing to her. Um, But so I'm sorry on that. But you guys, thank you so much for listening. I actually really enjoyed going through this because now listening back to the story, I forgot a lot of these emotions and these messages that I needed to hear. And just going back and reflecting on this yet again, it feels like one, I was like hearing this and then looking forward to the future, but now kind of being either through the, through the thick of it or in the middle of it, or, you know, more progressed from first hearing it, I could see some of these things actually playing out, which is kind of crazy. But yeah, that's kind of it. So thank you guys so much for listening. And hopefully I wasn't boring you with this conversation I was having by myself. guys as you know i just recorded an episode by myself because shane's not here about my psychic reading and shane you already know everything about it so it's not like it's new news to you but the hardest thing about recording something like that is that there's no banter or like back and forth so i'm sitting here like talking to myself to the reflection in the window being like trying to make personality and stuff and i feel so exhausted i'm sitting here like sweating because i just feel like i have to give so much energy it's like coming out physically Whew, girl yeah, I mean, I carry the labor of this podcast. Okay, so bitch. Welcome. We all know, even as <laughs> listeners, that that ain't the motherfucking truth, bitch. Okay? I am this podcast. You're just... <laughs> so you're welcome. You're welcome for taking the stress off of you 24 oh, okay. hours Thank a day. Thank you so much, bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what do you have for us this in-season? So I mentioned it at the start of this podcast in our um, fruit roll-up. Um, I've played... I almost said golf. I've played tennis twice now since I've been here. And I mm. love playing it. Like every time everyone's exhausted and they're like, let's go in. Cause it's today, it, it, you know, like the weather channel tells you what it feels like. Mm-hmm. It felt like 107 degrees here. Even in like that heat, I still wanted to keep playing. Like I was so into it and I have never had any interest in tennis. I've never played like whatever. And it was just something that all of them were doing here. And I was like, okay, I'll learn. And they were like, wait, you're picking it up really quickly. And I was like, well, I know I'm a fucking pro, but um but i've i actually like really enjoyed it bitch we could play tennis i have uh, tennis okay. rackets and tennis balls 
Great, I'm down. We could ride our bikes to the marina and play tennis. They have tennis courts right on the water. You're you're fake. I like the second half of that idea. You're fake. Um, but funny enough that you say that about tennis because my second in season was volleyball. I found my volleyball in the um oh. the the uh garage and me and Chikar went on a bike ride and we were playing volleyball on the street mm. and I was like, Oh my god, I love it. So tomorrow morning a group of us are going down to the beach to play volleyball. Fun. Granted, as I'm sitting here saying like I can't believe states are reopening. People are acting like, you know, we're about to go to the beach and play volleyball um, if the nets are there. But I will say that everyone that's going, I've already seen. So yeah. it's not like... You've been exposed to like, it. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, that I don't know if that gives me a pass or not, but here I am being a hypocrite and I acknowledge that. So <laughs> I'm a hypocrite. Ironically enough, volleyball was the one sport in high school that I really liked playing because it was like the least contact, if you will. But the one thing that I'll say about both volleyball and tennis is I don't like when people spike things. It just gets too aggressive for me. And so at that point, I just let the ball go. And I'm like, whatever, you can have that point. Oh, my God. No, that's my favorite part of volleyball. Like balls um, violently flying flying at at my face. face. Yeah. Yeah. My Um, doctor told me that I can't participate in any sports where balls do fly at my face. My um, doctor told me I'm really good at balls flying at my face. So, like, keep going. Mm. You were supposed to tell me, well, that grows your social life. It's a quote from Well, Clueless. honestly, like ever since being on prep, it's been like my favorite activity to play with balls to the face. So <laughs> here we are. It's always safe. It's always safe. Yeah. I thought, which is not true. <laughs> not but it's safe in one, one disease. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I guess that's it, you guys. That's it. Um, th- hopefully this episode was interesting to you guys. Sorry for the quality and the back and forth with me and Shane and blah, 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 blah. But as always, as my psychic said, if you want this podcast to grow... You can um, rate, review, subscribe, listen, review, subscribe, listen, rate. <laughs> and if you want, you could reach us at... On oh, Instagram at Fruit Snacks Pod. <laughs> See, you got it. You got it. This is how I I'm know. I'm carrying it like podcast. I fucking told yeah. you. <laughs> and if you want to email us, you can email us at... Fruit Snacks Pod at gmail.com. And as always, thank you guys so much for listening. And we will catch you next. (laughs) Oh, my God. You want to finish this since you want to run everything? (laughs) Yeah. We'll catch you guys next week. Bye. Bye.